Welcome. You are listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I have Amy Jo Nash on with me today. And I just heard that there is a story behind her name being Amy Jo Nash. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us that story really fast. Sure. Um, My full name is Amy Jo Nash, but when I was born, I was Amy Jo Johnson. And that was my maiden name. And my, when I was born, I was a boy. I was supposed to be a boy. And so when I came out a little girl, I was Ronald Dean Johnson Jr. for forever because, you know, back in that time they had ultrasounds, but they weren't as good as they are today. Uh-huh. And so um, I was in the hospital for five full days without a name. And so I was getting ready to be sent home as baby girl Johnson. And my mom was watching a soap opera. And she was just playing with some names. She said, Amy's, that's a pretty name. Yeah. And so she was playing with some names. And she's like, and she was thinking about her father, who she didn't have a relationship with at all. And she was just thinking about him. His name's Joe. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Amy Joe, Amy Joe, that sounds pretty. So she named me Amy Joe Johnson. My dad had nothing to do with me for months on end. He was angry because I wasn't the first boy. He was planning for a first boy. So I went home as Amy Joe Johnson. It wasn't until sometime later after discovering Jesus and learning about my identity of Christ, in Christ that Holy Spirit began sharing with me how he named me that day. And how he had shared with my mom that Amy means beloved and Joe means God will increase. So when you put my name together and you say, Amy, Joe, you're saying beloved, God will increase. And so I, at first I didn't like my name, but when I learned what Holy Spirit had shared, it was just like a light bulb. It became part of my identity that, yes, I do have a good name. I do have a purpose. God will increase because he's placed me in this earth. And what is really kind of cool is, is I've had dreams and visions since I, I was little. Um, it was kind of my safe haven. My mom and dad um, argued, fight. My, my dad was an alcoholic and he beat her, but there was a place of escape for me. And that was Jesus. Yeah. And anytime it's so funny. Cause not knowing, you know, as a little girl, but that man, yeah. <laughs> and, um, so he would always call me beloved uh, for the longest time. And then when Holy spirit, after I came into salvation, began, you know, diving deep into the identity of Amy Joe Nash in the earth or Amy Joe, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, that I really had an understanding. Oh my God, I have a purpose. I have a place. I'm a part of the kingdom. And so it's funny because I like hearing Amy Joe instead of just Amy. Um, I feel like that's kind of part of my identity. Um, and it's just kind of a cool, you know, representation of how I came to be in the earth and, you know, knowing that you do truly have a purpose. So that's kind of how yeah. my name is important to me. So, yeah, that's awesome. I love it. And I love how Holy Spirit redeemed that for you, too. Yes. Like yes. It was the meaning from the beginning, but he redeemed it and brought it back. Yes. And as a child, I was molested several times and I was almost raped at one point until um, my brother walked in the door, which was a saving grace. Um, I, I have, I've tried committed suicide a few times. Um, I got into drugs real bad. And, and like I said, when you, when you come into that redemption and you're like, yes, I do have a purpose because when you're going through all of that trauma in your life, you feel like. I don't have a purpose. What am I even doing here? You know, I'm just, you know, wasted breath in the earth, you know, but when you come into the fullness of Christ, you recognize, no, I do have a purpose. Mm, What it does is it redeems you. 
And it feels like it equips you, you know, to know that you have value. Yes. Well, and trauma, trauma loves to lead to shame, but shame is a liar. And God takes shame and gives us double honor. Right. And so that's part of my testimony as well. So when my son was born, I developed um, postpartum really, really bad. I didn't know the length of it until later on, five years later, my twins came on, came through um, the earth and I developed postpartum, but it led into postpartum psychosis. So I was heavily medicated and not understanding the thoughts that were plaguing me with my son. So what would happen is, is during that postpartum, I had no family. It was just Daryl and I here in Florida. My family's from Illinois. His is from Michigan. We had no help. He worked seven days a week. I was home with babies. And so that on top of what I was struggling with was compounded. So when my son was born, um, he would lay on my chest and I would just have just random, when I tell you random thoughts and not at that time, I wasn't even saved, but I would just have random thoughts of just snapping his neck. He would be laying and I would pick him up, go put him in his bed and, and walk away. That lasted through the postpartum, and I real I was like, oh, it's just hormonal, da 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 da. Just yeah. kind of left it alone because I didn't know any better, right? And so, you know, growing up with no form of foundation of church whatsoever, um, <clears throat> in reference to Christ, was kind of harder, you know, for an understanding. So when my twins were born, um, I developed the postpartum, but I went into psych. And so I was heavily, heavily medicated to the point that literally I would not hold them because I would have those random thoughts constantly, constantly. And then hear what the enemy would say, you're not a good mother. You had those thoughts with your son. You're not a good mother. You're not fit to be a mother. And that's that lie right there is what trapped me because I believed the lie. Mm. Now at this point I was fresh. I was a babe in Christ. I knew enough to call upon the name of Jesus. I didn't have a a word. I didn't have it. I didn't have anything to stand on because I knew nothing about the word, just learning about the word, just learning how to pray, just learning how to take those baby steps And I remember that this one day I was just struggling really, really hard. And I left the girls in their room. My son at this time was five. He was in school and I left them in their room in their crib. And I just went to my room and I just rocked and called upon the name of Jesus. And that relief would come. Yeah. But this one day it was not releasing at all. And so I was just having a thought of committing suicide. So I went to go reach for the bottle and was getting ready to take the whole bottle and just go to sleep. I was planning it out because I knew what time Daryl was going to come home. So the girls wouldn't be left alone too long in their crib and they weren't old enough to climb out yet. They were still baby babies. So in my mind, I was planning it out and my phone rang (laughs) and it was a lady and she said, Amy, She said, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I just need to tell you that God understands and he loves you. And I feel like I need to pray with you right now. And at that moment, I knew that God had sent me help. At that moment, she prayed with me. I did not even share with her at the time. I, I I was so locked up because I was in shame. If you tell anybody, they're gonna lock you up. And I mean, it was just really, really bad. And so she prayed with me and that, that lifted and I was like, okay, okay, Jesus, Jesus. And so I got through that day, but every day it was compounded. Now, mind you, I didn't tell Daryl what I was going through either because I felt shame. So quick question. So you were medicated. So they were aware of postpartum. Yes. Just not the thoughts you were having. Right. Okay. Because when I went in there, I just told them, I'm tired, I'm depressed, I cry all the time. I shared no one with no one with the thoughts I was having. 
but at the same time, believe in the lie of the enemy that I was fit as a mother. And so, um, this one day was real bad by this time it had gotten so bad. I was digging at my skin and I was pulling my hair out. And this one day Daryl could not leave to go to work. It was so bad. And I was quiet and I was sitting in the room waiting for him to leave. Because this day I knew I was leaving. I knew I was exiting this earth. I knew that I was not going to do this anymore. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it because I couldn't do it anymore. And so I started making preparations for me to leave the earth, Mm. commit suicide, be done with it. I'm not fit. I'm not fit for the earth. I'm not fit for anything. I, I don't. I don't, I don't fit as a mother. I don't fit as a wife. There's, there was the shame and that condemnation that just was just all over me. And then I really felt like that there was a form of not only oppression, but I felt like my mind was being battled. Mm -hmm. So I was literally clawing at my hair. It got so bad that I literally ran outside and started screaming at the top of my lungs, get it off, get it off. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because I felt like he was trying to get my mind. And all I knew was the name of Jesus. And I was running. We have two acres of land and Daryl come running after me and he grabbed me and he started praying in tongues. I have never heard him pray in tongues. I don't even know. I knew that he had gotten the language to to pray, yeah. but had never heard him pray it. And the moment he started praying, I literally saw two angels, a white, mm-hmm. an angel all in white and an angel all in black, and they were sword fighting. And wow. I literally saw them sword fighting for my mind. And I just said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then as he prayed and he's laying hands on me and I'm shaking by this point. And then just a release happened instantly. And as soon as the release happened, the vision left. Wow. And I was being right. Wow. And then I shared with Daryl at that point and I told him about it. I said, okay, we got to equip you. We got to keep, we got to get some word in you. That is the lie of the enemy. You have, you have linked up with that lie and that's where that shame and that condemnation and then the oppression comes and then he begins to build on that and build on that because you open the door to that lie now we're here and so not understanding the magnitude of that yeah and so then that began the level of instructions with Mm -hmm. god god and he was giving me scripture after scripture you, you have peace and you are of love and of sound mind. Yeah. And I just had to declare over me daily. And I'm telling daily, I had to declare over me daily. And then it just, I just started to walk it out. And I will not lie. It took 10 years, 10, 10 to 12 years to walk that out, to truly walk it out to where it no longer affected me. Yeah. That I no longer lived in shame, that I was I was standing upright. And that's kind of part of where my 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 name kind of came into play. Yeah. Um, it, I felt like that was just redemption. Yes. No. And so that empowered me even greater. And so every time, because he's, you know, he he's he, the enemy's got the same bag of tricks, you know. Yep. What's really kind of cool is when he comes back around to that area and he starts doing all of that talking, I'm like, okay, I, I got you. You've ran out of tricks. You ain't got nothing else in that bag. Okay, let's talk about this. Let me tell you what God says. And yeah. so that's kind of, you know, where I'm at now today. Yeah. Um, no medication, no medication, just walking it out, that's me awesome. and him. So, so one, God's so amazing to send godly intervention when it's needed most. Yep. That woman calling you. And listening to the Lord that day. What a miracle. Thank God that your husband was equipped. Yep. And that he was able to not only fight for you that day, but to teach you how to fight for yourself. Exactly. And then the the, the thing about it was 
after my, what happened that day in that yard, it was probably a couple of weeks later, I was watching the news and there was another lady who had just drowned five of her children. Oh, wow. Each and every one of them in her bathtub, she had post-psychosis. And I sat there in the living room floor and I cried. I said, God, what kept me? Who am I? I'm no one special. What kept me and my children? He said, you called upon my name. Mm. You called upon my name. And I just broke. And then that day, I understood the power of the name of Jesus. That any and all things must bow to the name of Jesus. Yes. And so... I just, when when I tell you, I wept and I wept and then I praised him and I praised him. And then I realized, yes, there's so much power in the name. Yeah. Yeah. Redemptive, redemptive power, (laughs) healing power. He's a good God. He is. And nothing can stand against him. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing or no one. That's right. Nothing. And what's really kind of cool about that is I'm so when, when my husband was diagnosed with the stage four, I wanted to know what kind, what's the name of it. Mm-hmm. What's the name I needed name because if I have a name then I can declare that everything, everything must bow to the name. You don't have a name because you don't have an existence in my husband's life. Mm -hmm. And so therefore that adrenal cancer right now is a a dude, a a dude, I can't pronounce now. I'd have to read it again, but there's a, it's a, um, it's a non-cell type of cancer. And I, we would just declare it over non-existence in the name of Jesus, gone in the name Mm -hmm. of Jesus. Everything must bow to the name of Jesus. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. There's a verse in Psalm 103 where it talks about how God knows that everything created is yes. just dust. Just and dust. He knows the fragility of it. So he knows that in an instant it could be turned back to dust and blown away as if it never, ever existed because he is the creator of everything. Everything. And, and he is creator of nothing. Yes, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing except lies. <laughs> lies, exactly. And again, you know, we begin to partner with that lie. Mm-hmm. And that's where that door opens yeah. for the enemy to just to come in. Mm-hmm. Well, the enemy loves finding us when we are tired. Yep. When we are sick, when we're fragile, yep. when we have gone through loss. And you know, when you've gone through a pregnancy and then you've given birth, your body, though it's made for that, has still gone through a lot of change and a lot of trauma. And then you're dealing with a newborn and you're not getting a whole lot of sleep. Exactly. So the enemy loves coming into those moments and whispering. And sometimes when, when we're tired, it's easier to wonder, wait, where's that coming from? Did I hear something? You know, was that me? It's why we always have to be on guard. You know, it says guard because the enemy is like a roaring lion prowling to seek whom he can devour. And there are times that we're so tired. We need someone else to stand guard with us. Mm -hmm. So I love that in your story, you have those people and that God was so gracious in all of that, that even though you didn't know at the time how to fight for yourself, he made sure that there were people there to fight for you and then to equip you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I didn't even tell my husband what I was struggling with. I, I told yeah. no one, no one. Um, I, I, it's so funny because a lot of the shame that I've walked, walked through in times past, I've literally held it here and spoken to no one. Um, and there's been a couple of times where an actual prophet's in the house and she reads all my business. <laughs> and my husband's like, 
really? I had no idea, you know, and she's just laid everything out. But at the same token, not to bring condemnation, but but, but to bring awareness of what God is doing in my life and those around me. It was, it was how she prophesied it because she not only, you know, spoke the word of knowledge of, of what I was going through, but she also capitalized on that with God's word of where God was taking it to, which was yeah. kind of cool. So, yeah. 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 Even a word of rebuke should always come with the hope of the way out because God's not going to just pronounce exactly a sentence without a way out. We see over and over in the Bible, even when his people were sinning horribly, not just when they were dealing with emotional things, but even when they were sinning against him, you know, Mm -hmm. he rebukes, but then he says, but, but if you do this, just come back to me, you know? Yes. Yes. But it's, it's the same thing when it's not sin against him necessarily, but just, you know, the enemy's torment that we're still trying to process out Mm -hmm. of or fight back against. Right. Still shows us the redemptive quality that we're fighting for. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So I have a question that day that Daryl prayed over you in tongues. You said all of a sudden you saw the angels, the the image of them fighting was gone and you were made right. Yes. So after that, did the thoughts stop entirely? No. No, but the oppression mm-hmm. stopped. So that's the key. And yeah. it took me 10 to 12 years to walk that out, yeah. to really, you know, get that, you know, in my mind mm-hmm. that I am, I, I do have, you know, a sound mind. I am made right through the righteousness of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and, and walking those things out because, you know, a lot of times I always go back to this, you know, when, when you, when you've been an alcoholic for so long, that alcohol alcoholism does something to the body. Mm-hmm. And so the body then has to recuperate after you've stopped drinking. Yep. So it's a, it's a walk, it's a daily um, renewal. And so yeah. just like with the mind, it was a daily renewal of the mind Um, but also it also brought um, awareness to my husband to know how to stand with me how God has created us to do you know he's never he he never intended for a husband and wife to stand separately that's division so therefore there was a division in my home as well so there was a division where covenant was supposed to be and so therefore once it was it was brought to the light we're now walking as a covenant union before God living, breathing, speaking, and moving in the things of God. Yeah. And of course, you know, that, that really, you know, made the enemy mad, (laughs) but you know, um, we were better equipped together than separate. Absolutely. uh, mm -hmm. I, I really believe that shame's purpose, like the reason the enemy attacks with shame so much is because it's a divider. Yes. Shame divides from healthy relationship. Yes. Shame can drive people into unhealthy relationship. Exactly. But it divides from healthy relationship and it divides from God. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that there is any distance between two people greater than that, which shame causes. Yep. Because it's a silencer. So it has to be cut off, you know, and constantly pushed aside and fought with the truth. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's just a a small, you know, testimony. Um, I know you've heard, you know, about Daryl's with the stage four lung cancer. Yeah. Um, That trauma in and of itself was mind blowing for him and I, not only as a spouse, but a spouse that felt like she couldn't talk to her husband because she had to be the strength. Yeah. And, um, that, that was, that was brutal. Um, so for the first two years, um, I I had forgotten how old I was. Um, (laughs) and so (laughs) when I was, you know, faced that I was fixing to be 50 and not 47, 
Um, it just, it knocked me on my butt, you know, and, and, and it was trauma, just yeah. trauma. And then, you know, you got the lies of the enemy coming in and you're still having to battle the thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. It's one of the things people don't often talk about with trauma is that it can mess with your memory. It's actually PTSD is a brain yes. injury. Yes. yes. So it's where an event's been so traumatic that your brain's been overloaded with chemicals and it actually injured your brain. So mm -hmm. people that have dealt with PTSD can have gaps in memory, even positive memories and things like that, where it's like two years went by and you somehow didn't even fully realize it. And suddenly you're like, wait, I I'm 50. How did, no, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, God was, can heal. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and he and does. I was talking to a, I was talking to a friend and she's like, what are you going to do with your birthday? I'm like, I'm going to be 48 this year. And I don't know, nothing big. She's like, um, Amy, you're older than me and I'm 48. And I'm like, whatever, you know, and we just started, you know, just joking. She's like, no, seriously. Mm -hmm. I said, well, your math is wrong. She said, no, your math is wrong. And I was driving down the road and I started counting back from 1971. I'm like, oh my God, I'm 50. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, when I tell you I had a meltdown by the time I got home, I was telling Daryl and he's like, yeah, this is your 50th. And then I'm like, I, I, I lost it. I mean, I lost it. And then it wasn't until we went to go see Daryl's brain doctor. Cause you know, he had a, a tumor on the brain that, you know, yeah. we still have to you know go make sure it's still not there, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was telling us post, um, Oh golly. She just said the word PTSD, PTSD. She said the same thing ha happened with her. She said that when her husband died, cause she's married, this is their second marriage mm -hmm. that she did. She forgot how old she was. And so what happened is, is her future mother-in-law was planning a birthday and everybody was talking about how old she was. And nobody knew how old she was. And she had to stop and she had to count mm -hmm. because there were, there were four years that had gapped wow. from, yeah. his death because it was so traumatic and wow. she said that's what happens is you have this block of time that you're brought because of the trauma to mm -hmm. the brain it just wipes it out mm -hmm. and so she just kind of made me feel okay um okay people actually do this you yeah. know so that that was that was really really messed up um yeah I've had, not with forgetting my age specifically, but there's a period of time that I was in an abusive situation uh -huh. and I don't even, at the time, I didn't even realize how bad it was or how traumatic it was for me, you know, but it was this constant emotional roller coaster. So years later, I'm living in Nashville and one of my friends reach, reaches out and says, Hey, is it okay if I use you as a reference on my new job. And I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. And I'm thinking just like as a friend reference. Right. And then she says, you know, for that time I helped you run that grant program. Uh, and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That time. Of course. I had no recollection of it. Like I knew wow. I just give her a great recommendation cause I know her and I know she's great, <laughs> but I, I had to sit there uh, and wow. like dig through my memories and I was like, she helped me with the grant program? Really? Wow. And then I had to like, I it was like difficult, like I'm digging through my memory, you know, to try to place yeah. what she's talking about. And I finally dug up this little speck of memory where I was like, we had a lot of kids that year. And I think I hired her on to help wrangle everyone. Yeah, that makes sense. But mm -hmm. it took it took her saying that and then me digging through all of the memories that I could around that to even piece that together. And mm -hmm. I still didn't have a great recollection of it, you know? So it is interesting how it can affect memory in different ways. And it's not necessarily a bad memory. I mean, that wasn't a bad memory, right? Like that was great. The grant program mm -hmm. was good. Her helping was good, but it was just during this time when I was awash in these 
roller coaster of emotions. So mm-hmm. it's wild how that happens. But I love what Jennifer Ivaz says because she's been through a lot of trauma. And she yes. says, PTSD damages the brain, but God can restore your brain. And he yes, mm-hmm. he sure does. Um, because what was so funny in, in those two years, the only thing, the only thing that I had memory of was our, um, the birth of our first granddaughter, um, wow. our first biological grandbaby. And that was the only thing in that two, mm-hmm. other than our visits to the doctor, um, to Daryl's doctor is the only thing that I had in wow. my memory and at no birthday parties, no nothing. That was the only thing within those two years. And, um, once, once I started realizing what was happening, I started, you know, seeking the father and then all of these other memories started flooding back. Mm. Um, it's, it's just really interesting because <laughs> you're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. That's right. And yeah. so it was kind of, interesting at the same you know token but uh you you don't realize how how much your brain tries to survive yeah in that trauma um I was reading a book and um I see her face on the book I can't remember the title of the book but she was talking about how um the mind will the, the, the brain itself will survive before the body does. So the, yes. the, it will cause the bot, the bot, the brain, if it thinks that it's going to die, it will cause the body to die before the brain will. So it'll cause the body to begin to eat its own self because mm. it needs to survive. And I thought, Jesus, our brain is so powerful. Yeah. You know, if it has that much power, you know, to override your kidneys, your heart, your lungs, you know, just think about, you know, the power that we have in a thought, in a thought, yep. you know, or just the, 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 the very memory of what the word says and us thinking on the word and mm-hmm. thinking on the good things of God and yes. thinking about all the things that we can accomplish through God. Just think about that power right there mm-hmm. um, and the drive that it gives to the body to be able to function. Yes. It's so funny because, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's interesting you say that because when I'm talking to people about getting out of abuse or something, I like to say the body doesn't lie. Mm -mm. Your brain can tell you all sorts of things. You can convince yourself of anything, whether it be good and true or false, but the body doesn't lie. No. So when you're in When you're in a traumatic situation or you're in an abusive situation, your body will start reflecting Uh what you're in. You'll start looking tired. You'll start looking older. You might get sick more frequently. A lot of people that have been in long-term abuse end up with immunodisorders Mm -hmm. because their body's been under long-term stress for so much time. It's so funny. (laughs) This is kind of a funny story. So, um, I was trying to, I, I, I do a lot of things with Erica. Um, what's her last name? Or cannot, cannot, yes. Okay. And so I'm doing the Purium with her. Yeah. And so, so I'm just like all going ho and I'm, you know, getting out there walking, you know? And so I shared with a couple of, um, a couple of coworkers, you know, they're younger, and so they're, they're like all excited for me and, you know, they look like Ken and Barbie. And so they're like, yeah, come out and walk with us. Yeah. So in my mind, in my mind, yeah, sure. So in my mind, I'm out there and I'm just, oh yeah. And I, I'm, I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it with, I'm keeping them up. Cause in my mind, in my mind, oh yeah, we can do this. Oh yeah, we can do this. I popped my knee out of joint. Oh no. And I went to my doctor and he, I said, you know, how in your mind, you saw it going a whole different way. And then the body decides to deny you what you think in your mind that you can achieve. That's what happened. So in my mind, in my mind, I can keep up with Ken and Barbie, even though Ken and Barbie works out every single day and is fit to the fiddle, you know, in my mind. But my body, like you said, your body does not lie. Your body said, um, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and sometimes with like traumatic stuff, you don't see it necessarily in your body until later on. Some people mm-hmm. gain weight when they're going through that. Some people mm-hmm. lose it. Some people you don't see it much for a while, but they might start feeling anxious and having like physical responses to things that they're not used yep. to, or yep. even like dealing with more anger or something and mentally not recognizing it, but physically it's like, it's coming out, you know? So it is interesting, yeah. but our minds are so powerful. Mm-hmm. So just think if it's that powerful and trauma can affect it that much, how powerful it is when we do tell it the truth and when we do partner with the truth instead of the lie. Exactly. 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 You said a whole lot, partnering with the truth instead of the lie. That in and of itself is just worth a huge tweet, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, partnering with well, the and truth Well, even when we don't lie. feel it. Exactly. Even when we don't feel it we can still choose to partner with the truth until we start feeling the truth. And you know, that's so funny because that's what my husband did. That's exactly what he did. And even in my doubt, because my doubt was, okay, God, I know you'll do it, but will you do it for us? He do it for me, you know, and I had to create, I had a gentleman uh, make me some signs to put in my living room, all over my living room on my prayer wall and everything. Um, Just to remind me that I am enough. I am enough. I am enough that he will do it for me. I am enough. And if Mm -hmm. I believe then he will, you know, and so, and then, and then there was other times where I had to believe that he, was enough. He is enough for me, you know? And so, um, I was going somewhere with that. Sorry. It's okay. Um, but yeah, just partnering with the truth, the truth. Yeah. The truth, because that's, like I said, that's what Daryl did. He, he went through, um, it was a roller coaster for him as well, Mm -hmm. but because he is such, such a strong word will, and such a strong believer. Um, we, he and I, we go and pray for people. We saw AIDS, full-blown AIDS lady who was given a death sentence, healed, healed, cancer, healed. I watched a ganglion cyst fall off of my arm when we partnered and prayed. I mean, it fell off. I watched as we prayed over my washer machine one one day, my we had well water out in the country. I had no money and we, and I prayed, I said, God, I don't have no new clothes for these babies, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to dare to believe that everything that comes out of these washers and dryers looks brand new. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people approached me and asked me if I got money for, um, for school clothes for my children? <laughs> A lot. And I said, to God be the glory because all my whites came out looking white when they were all dingy yellow because we had well water. How so we, we, we saw manifestation after manif- yeah. manifestation of, in- when I'm telling you instant, it's instant. There mm-hmm. was no walking it out. So that when he, when he was diagnosed, we had to learn what it was like to walk it out. Yeah. But they say, okay, you, you can have an instant miracle. You can have, you have to walk out a miracle. Well, what does that look like? How do you unpack that? How do you even right. begin to fathom when all you've seen is God just do, 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 as you begin to declare over someone and pray over someone and you're believing yeah. and you see it happening and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when it hits you in your own life, yeah, I had a ganglion cyst and it fell right off. We had own, our own things instant. Yeah. yeah. And when cancer came, we, I was so mad. I was like, but God, you did it here. You did it here. You did it here. You did it here. Mm-hmm. And, and here, here's God. Some things just have to be walked out. Mm-hmm. Will you dare to believe? 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 And so we had to we had to really gird our loins, and we're still walking it out. But this is this is this yeah. is what I love about God. They gave him a year. They gave him a year, a year to live. They 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 told us that it we would be lucky to make it to five years. The lady told it, told us that cancer will no will not be gone from his body. You will never be without cancer. 
yet his MRI on his head says that there's no evidence of a, of a metastasization to the brain. The liver says there's no evidence of a metastasization to the liver. This last <laughs> visit, this last visit, there's no tumors on the lungs. It's Amen. particles. It's two small particles. <laughs> and she sat Thank there you, with Jesus. her eyes bugged out. We're on, <laughs> we're on year four. October is year yeah. four. And you yeah. tell us. So you have to walk. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just got to walk it out. And it's yeah. okay. And you've got to bind those word curses and say, well, that might be the fact that you think. But I but know God. what the truth is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. And so God got a word from God. God Daryl got a word from God saying he's the God percent. And yeah. he, this is the thing, looking at him, looking at him, you would never, never believe that no. he took chemo every day. He takes chemo yeah. two times a day. Looking at him, you would never know that his body, his body, you know, had cancer. You would mm -hmm. never, you would never know that. There was never a sign, never. No. And his mental stability of being positive, encouraging, edification. I mean, he, he just walks upright. Yeah. And knowing, you know, God's got me. God's got me. You know, yeah. and so, yeah, walking out a miracle is a whole nother ballgame. <laughs> I'm uh -huh. not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. And walking out a word. Exactly. Because Daryl's a prophet too, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So what our listeners may or may not know, we talk about the prophetic a lot, but there's a difference between being prophetic and being a prophet. And a lot of the time a prophet walks out the word in their own life that they mm -hmm. speak into others. They walk out the breakthrough before they can release it. Yes. So there are just times that prophets got to walk through the thing and it is not fun. So um, if you know a prophet and they look like they're having a rough day, you just give them some extra grace. Yes. Uh, extra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. But yeah. Yeah. But the things of God is just, it's just really amazing. He is amazing. Um, even, you know, I'm 51 this year. Well, yeah, I just turned 51. And I, yeah, two, you just turned 51. Um, it's so funny because um, looking at life and you're going through a bad day, you're going through a bad time. Sometimes it's good just to reflect on where mm -hmm. you've been yeah. and what God has walked you out of. Mm -hmm. To understand that today is not really a bad day. Right. <laughs> it's not <laughs> because what you've walked out of. If we look at back at what and celebrate all the things that God has walked you through every bit that you walk, woke up with breath in your body mm -hmm. and you were able to say, amen to his, his glory and his grace yeah. and his mercy and looking back at where he's carried you from season to season and the things that he's did he's done sometimes we just need the reminder and look I'm just talking to myself right now because I've had a really yeah. bad couple weeks at my job and you know sometimes you have to remind yourself of where yeah. he's brought you from through there yeah and so sometimes you just have to stop and just reflect on it mm -hmm. because we can forget we can forget mm -hmm. real quick um we can well, really forget it real quick and Psalm 23 is a good reminder because it doesn't say we won't walk through the shadow of death or the valley. Right. But it says that when we do, he is with us. He is with us. And then he leads us out. Out. Yeah. So I like to remind myself of that. There was a period where I had gone through a lot of loss back to back, and I felt like I was walking through that valley of the shadow. And, you know, sometimes things are so hard that it's like, how is my heart still beating? Like, yeah. how how is my heart still beating when all this chaos has gone on? Like, how is the world still turning? But it is. And as long as you wake up with breath in your lungs and your heart's still beating, God still has purpose and he is still with you. And he yeah. will walk you out of that valley and lead you <laughs> to green pastures, to still waters, and back to the mountain tops again. Exactly. Exactly. I, I just, for me, 
since I was a little girl, he's always popped up in my dreams. He's, he's always been so gracious that I've always been that sheep that's always wandered off just a little bit, but he only allows me to get so far that he pulls me right back. And the way he speaks to us individually is exactly how we need need to hear from him because yeah. each and every one of us has our own love language with God. We have our yeah. own language, love language with individuals, but we also have a love language with God to where he knows what you need in that moment. He yes. knows what you need to hear. He knows what you need. And so often we're always asking him for what we want when it's, when it's always what we need from him the most that he yeah. knows and so he he is he's just a, a really good father he really mm-hmm. is he is he's so good and he does he provides what we need and you know it's funny i god was having a little conversation with me recently even about the difference between a want and a desire mm-hmm. because you know it says in the bible that he gives the desires of your heart when you seek him he gives you the desires of your heart But he was talking to me about how that's not everything that someone wants. A desire is the true desire. It's the God-given desire. So we each have desires that are truly God-given. You know, like we want real love and we want to live blessed lives and and this and that. But sometimes the enemy likes to throw in a counterfeit version of what God actually has. Yes, he does. And it might seem like in a moment we want that counterfeit version because it looks or sounds or seems like that true desire, Mm -hmm. but it's not really. So he might not give us that want that's the counterfeit because he's going to fulfill that desire and give us the real thing. Right. So he's so good that way, you know? Yes. Because he doesn't just give us what we need. He blesses us more abundantly than we could ask, think, or imagine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And sometimes that's way more than we could even think to want. So. <laughs> yeah. Or in our minds, we feel like we're not even worthy enough to receive all yeah. that great, you know, yeah. so that we, 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 we do, we settle for the, the lower portion because in our mind we think that this is this is this yeah this is enough it's yeah. like no uh-uh. it's not <laughs> it, it, it's exceedingly abundantly above more yes. than ask or think don't yes. settle here no you don't settle higher. well and sometimes people get comfortable in a oh, place yeah. that's not everything that he has for them but we say no to complacency and no to that comfort in what is less than what he has because there's so much more there's so much more and for every fear that could pop up around the so much more there's a but god you know he steps in and fills in those gaps yeah he sure does yeah he sure does so i have a couple of questions before we finish off one um for any listeners that might have struggled with postpartum or be struggling with it, what would you say to them now that you're on this side of it? What would be a piece of advice you would give them? The biggest piece is never stop calling upon the name of Jesus, no matter how bad. And then also battling that thought that thought is not yours. It is not an ownership to you. It's not what God says you are and begin to take every thought captive and begin to declare, get a good declaration and declare it over yourself daily. That is something that you have. And then sometimes if it just in the middle of the day, you know, out of nowhere, it comes, no, you come back with it with your declaration. Um, That's probably the biggest thing is declaring the word over yourself daily and Mm -hmm. being reminded of who you are for the kingdom and for the glory. And then my other thought is if he's coming at you this way, you must have a really 
really powerful anointing in the earth. He's trying to take you out and, you know, your children as well. So they have to have a, a, a really powerful anointing as well. Mm-hmm. So, but just getting a good declaration and speaking it over yourself daily. On yeah. daily and just saturating yourself with the word, getting, getting scripture, you know, together of who you are, who, who yeah. does God say you are and, and begin to, to, to battle that way. You'll find that waking up in the morning and declaring that, that, that scripture, that declaration over yourself daily, mm-hmm. the, the battle's not as hard. Yeah. It's, it's not as hard. And would you tell them to also reach out for help and tell someone? Yes. And if you have, you know, someone like your, your spouse or even your sister, mother, whatever, reach out to them, talk to them, explain to them what's going on. Um, because if you have someone partnering with you um, mm-hmm. in the battle, it makes it a lot more easier that you can share with each mm-hmm. other um, so that you can get someone girded um, up alongside you to hold you up. Yeah. And shame lives in the dark. It can't live when it keeps being exposed to the light. So, yeah. okay. One, oh, actually, I want to say one thing, because I think that you were getting at this earlier when we kind of lost our train of thought for a second. We were talking about the truth and how powerful it is to hold on to the truth. And you were talking about the truth of God, of who he is, and having to remember who he is and having to remember who you are. And I just when you said that and you said, I was going somewhere, I, I heard something and I just feel like we're supposed to say it. So we have to have a right understanding, not only of who God is and how powerful he is, but also of our identity in Christ. Because yeah. the enemy attacks both things. Mm-hmm. He tries to tell you that God, who is all powerful, is smaller than he is and can't help you. That's a lie that we cut off. We believe the truth and we stand on the truth no matter what it looks like. But he also goes after your identity. Yes. So in order to really stand on the truth, we have to stand on who God is and who we are in God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes. I just felt yeah. like that needed to be said before we finish, but I want to ask you one more question. Okay. If you could leave the audience with one nugget from today, either a piece of advice or a word of encouragement or piece of wisdom, what would it be? I don't know. I got a lot. <laughs> Sorry. My <laughs> mind's going 50 miles an hour. You know how you do? Yes. Um, I think you just touched on it though, is, is your identity your, your identity. Um, if, if you can get an understanding of who you are and who, who you belong to, um, I think that that you can, you can battle any storm with that. Mm -hmm. If your identity is stolen, it's harder to try to go back and try to retrieve that back. It really is. But if you're able to stand on the identity of who you are in Christ, that you can do all things through Christ, who, who is the source of your strength. Yeah. I think that that's probably the biggest thing um, as far as wisdom is concerned um, and, and battling anything, honestly, yeah. whether it be trauma, whether it be, you know, um, depression, if, if you're able to stand on the identity of who you are in Christ, you can mm-hmm. battle anything. Yeah, You know, and, and like you said, just girding your loins up with really strong believers who are going in the same direction. Yeah. I, I try to get, I try to gird up with someone that's a lot higher than me that can kind of help me, you know, and encourage me and uplift yeah. me um, at the same time. So um, that's probably the, the biggest, I'm, I'm always on my girls on identity. Always, yeah. always. Yeah. It's so important to know and to understand how valuable we are to God. Yes. Because yes. If, if people understood how valuable they truly are to God, they would never settle for less than everything that God has for them. No, no. Because it's easy to do. It's it's really easy to do, whether in, you're in shame, whether you're in condemnation, um, whatever the case may be. It's it's either easy to get up under, um, and, and you partner with that lie again, and not partnering with the truth of who God mm-hmm. is saying you are and what He wants to accomplish through you in the earth. Yeah. That's another thing. Is we all have a purpose. I don't care 
yeah. you know, I don't care how small or how great everything is, is, is huge with God. You know, um, a lot of people say, you know, well, I'm, I'm just a teacher. Hello, you're teaching the next generation who is going to begin to be empowered for the, for, 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 you know, yep. you know, battling for, for what's to come, because we all know that as years go by, that the attacks get stronger and stronger and, and just crazy. You know, I'm looking back at, you know, when I came into this world and, and we were just talking about how we could sleep with the doors open. You can't do that no more. No. So when you're a teacher, you're, 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 um, you're equipping that next generation. That is huge, you know? Yes. And so people always look at, well, how we do this? And it's huge, you know, yeah. it's huge, you know? Um, yeah. It's for the kingdom and it's Absolutely. for his glory anyway. It's yes. not even for us, it's for him. We mm-hmm. just reap, that's another thing is, is when we're doing stuff for God, we reap the byproduct of the favor. <laughs> Yeah, the anointing from it, but he gets all the glory, and that is beautiful. That is beautiful that he gets all the glory, but he he also always has this little piece of something that he said, Here, my daughter, and my son, thank you. Yeah, and that that's that's just amazing to me, you know, because we're like, you know, God, you do what, do whatever you want. God, I thank you, you know, and then when he uses you and you see this really awesome thing that happens, yes. Glory. And you're like, God, you're so cool. Right. He's like, hey, thank you for your obedience. Here you go. Here's some favor. Here's this. Yes. Here's and I'm like, but God, you didn't have to do that, but thank you. You know, right. so we always reap some sort of product in, in the end. Um, and, and that's just kind of cool the way God does it. Yeah. I love that he partners with us. I never, lose awe at the fact that he is willing to use me to bless someone or to speak truth to someone or even just give me a glimpse into something prophetically that is so private and so personal to a person that I can break open their destiny, you know, like, and help them reach into it. Like, there's just something so awesome about that. Yeah, it is. And, and it does something to you as well. Mm-hmm. It begins to empower you to realize, yes, I do have a purpose. Yeah. Yes, God, I see you move, moving in, in this individual and I thank you for it. I thank you for, like you said, partnering with him. Yeah. And so then you're just, you know, just trying to be a willing vessel, but it's really kind of cool to watch those individuals begin to grow and mature and to bloom. Yes. I'm with you when I, when I, um, when I'm able to release something into someone. So I'll just get one word, just one word. Oh my God, I don't even know what I'm doing here, but the right. moment, the moment, and, and it could be, you know, don't give up, but the moment I open my mouth, it's like, blah, 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 and I am just encouraging and edifying and, and uplifting and giving direction and, you know, and helping. And you see these light bulbs yes. go off in God's people. And you're like, thank you, God, I did hear from yes. you. you know, Right. Or something just break <laughs> off of them. Yes. I, I don't think there's, it's seriously the biggest rush when you can hear from the Lord give a word and see immediately somebody have a breakthrough and feel it. Like I'll feel the power of God come out of me. And I'm like, Whoa, I feel like electricity just came out of my body. Yes. And it's intoxicating. It's Mm -hmm. it's intoxicating. And you're just like, you're watching and you begin to watch God work. Yes. All you did was open your mouth. Yes. Okay. All you did was just declare his truth and you begin to watch Holy Spirit begin to minister to them uh-huh. at the same time. And yes. you watch deliverance. You watch just like you said, it's like a breaking away from them. Yes. Like, God, you're so cool. God, you're well, so cool. Oh, well, and sometimes it's the smallest word that you're like, yes. I, don't, I don't even know if this will make any sense to them. Yes. Like I gave some word recently. I just literally, as soon as I saw their name, I saw an arrow and I saw it, I heard it and saw it hit the target, yes. like right in the bullseye. Yes. And I was like, God says you're right on target. This is what I saw. That was all. That was the entire word. And she puts like crying faces in the comments and ends up telling us like testimonial after the fact that she's been asking God over and over again. Am I on target or am I off? Am I off filter here or am I on target? 
It was like Beautiful. the exact word that she needed. And it seemed like it was a nothing word to me or not a nothing word, but it just seemed like, eh, I don't know if yeah. this will make sense to her, but I saw this, you know, so I'm going to say it. it. And it was the smallest word in a sense. It wasn't long. It wasn't extravagant. It didn't go right. on for minutes and minutes. It was hardly it's even simple. a full sentence, you know? And it's like, but not only was God telling her he was on target, that was an on target word. And it was the exact answer that she needed, mm-hmm. you know, it's just in like the, in the time. Mm-hmm. It's all about timing and God's yes. time is perfect. Yes. And in that time and right then moment, she needed that. And God knew. Yes. So God put, put you in the path to deliver. Yes. And again, it's always about perfect timing with God. He's yes. never late. He's always on time. Always. Always, always. on time. Always. And you know, every time I get to deliver a word to anyone, I just think, I, there are people that I pray for every day, you know? And one of the things I pray is that God would send people to them to speak the truth to them and guide them and help them. And I think every time I can give a word that God's laid on me, whose prayer am I answering for that person? Right. You know, like I could be the answer for someone's mother or father or brother or loved one who that, that's who's been praying for them just like somebody else could be that answer for me you know like we get to walk in that every day when we listen to the lord we get to be the answer to somebody's prayer but i think that that's what we're supposed to be yes we're we're supposed to be the answer so so many times we negate and we forget that we have the answer that you know we're supposed to be the answer we're supposed to we're supposed to be the answer yes yeah and we fail to remember that we fail to remember that and so oftentimes we we don't think that we have the answer Mm because like no 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 no. that's why i placed you in the earth yeah you are the answer yes you know and so we we forget that so often yes and you know i i want to say this and then we'll we can say good, good afternoon, evening, good morning, good night to everyone, you know, because they're probably going to be listening at all different times. But, you know, sometimes we are supposed to wait and pray. We're just supposed to be the intercessor that we might see something, but we're not supposed to act on it in a moment. But there are a lot of times that I think people stand back when God's saying, why are you still praying about this thing? I, I showed you this so that you could move on my behalf and be my hands and feet, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes we underestimate what a small thing could do. Like maybe someone's going through a hard time and they're making poor choices. Now we might need to pray that God turns their choices or their desires around and grabs hold of their hearts, you know, and, and it might not be that it's our place to rebuke in that moment. Mm-hmm. But what about the power of just encouraging them and just saying, I see that you're in a place right now of hardship. Like I I can see that you're not quite yourself right now or that you're struggling. And I just want you to know that I care Mm -hmm. and I'm here. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes prayer is not necessary when a decision needs to be made. And so oftentimes we're praying for places that it's not necessary it's yeah. just a matter of making the decision and moving on yep. um, and just being obedient to the father, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get that. Anyway, sometimes just being there and being the encouragement and saying, yeah. I'm walking with you in this and I see is all someone needs. Yes. You know, I, I've heard a story from a friend um, where she actually ran into a friend that was going through a hard time and was in an abusive situation. And she had a sense that something was off with that situation and that they didn't seem very happy. And in that moment, she, she didn't say anything. She just looked at them and said, are you happy? Mm. Like they were talking about it. And she just had the sense that she needed to ask. She just looked him straight in the eyes and she said, are you happy? Mm. And in the moment he said, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm happy. But a few weeks later, He had gotten out of that situation and he ended up calling her and telling her, thank you. Thank you for seeing that and saying something. 
because mm-hmm. he had been so unhappy in that situation. But he, he wasn't even fully able to recognize that on his own. And he hadn't been given the permission in a sense to get out. And as soon as someone else acknowledged it, that was all he needed. So yeah. sometimes we underestimate the power of really small things and just that little bit of encouragement. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for joining us today. And thank you, listeners. And I will talk to you next week. Have a great week, everyone. When you love-